Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Hello, and welcome to I'm Tom Matt Weber on the board. We should have Mr. Brendan Hernan with us as well. We have the, uh, we have, hey, guess what? We're up again today. SP Futures up 5, NASDAQ Futures up 41, Dow Futures up 15 as we're doing the, uh, uh, we're doing the melt-up here. We've got the uh, CPI coming out, we've got the Fed meeting, we've got all kinds of stuff this week, so I'm going to say, even though everybody accuses me now of being this conspiratorial, that there are people already know these numbers. It's very possible. Does Brandon, do you have them? Do you have the numbers? No, I was out of town this weekend, so it, it must not have uh, reached me. Uh, it didn't trickle trickle down? <laughs> didn't trickle down. Trickle down economics didn't work for me. <laughs> that's uh that's not so good. What uh, so how are you? We haven't talked to you since last week. Uh I'm feeling okay. Good. Good. You're uh I'm glad to hear that. Um we have all kinds of major questions for you today. Because uh, okay. then later we're gonna have to actually get these uh the CPI numbers and everything, which we will of course dig through. We can't dig through them until we get them and then uh then of course I wait, wait, wait. What do you mean you can't dig to them until you get them? Well, some people can. They already have them. Don't you even, are you pulling a con on me? Uh, You're hiding I, what you already have. Um, I wish I had them. I tell you what, I, <laughs> I wish I could. You know, I. The funny part is, there's some people. You know, my of course, I'm not sure he actually believes this or not. But uh, is is it ever possible for a brother to agree with you? Is it is it is it does it, does it, <laughs> does it ever happen once? It's very rare. It's a uh, so you know my. Bro- I, have, I have no basis for that. I have no brothers or sisters, so. Um, oh God, you're like you're like Audrey, the only child so- syndrome. Yeah, um, I am my own brother. Um, <laughs> we went uh, a while back. We went to uh, San Francisco. Dan and I, my brother and I, were going for a. Uh, uh, we were doing a seminar in a couple places, and uh, we we're going to spend a day or two in San Francisco. And my mom had not been there since. She was there at my dad in like 1954 or something. Um, so we bring my niece, my mother, and Audrey, and Dan and me. What a group, right? So after like one and a half days, my mother goes, "Is Audrey an only child? Seems like she takes a hell of a hell of a long time in the bathroom." <laughs> yes, she's, <laughs> one, she's she's an only child. <laughs> it's like whatever. But uh, it's uh, anyway. I'm not going to accuse you of taking too much time in the bathroom. But I have. I do not. Here's what I don't, I don't... Well, there's a lot of things I don't understand as the world goes on. This settlement with J.P. Morgan and his Epstein thing. I don't... I, uh, you know, we talk on the show a lot, Brendan, maybe not so much when you're here, but Lou and Carl, Carl talk about, you know, this uh, prosecutorial discretion. 
and it's in the and I've always looked at it from the money side of of the world in the sense that you know if as soon as an, an attorney general somebody finds somebody doesn't like and maybe the person you know scratches back at him and makes himself totally unlikable a la Trump um, but it seems like if you look at the amount of money spent on some prosecutions versus others in in people and resources and you and you look at the stuff they absolutely will not even touch mm-hmm. uh, you really wonder if there needs to be a review board on these people you know or something there needs to be a a higher a higher authority that says why did you spend so much on that guy when this guy over here is walking down the street shooting people or something it, it seems to me to be way out of line i mean i don't you know, there's nothing I can do about it. But now this Epstein thing, here's one of the most disgusting situations I think I've seen in my lifetime. Not the most disgusting, but certainly one up there. Where if you dug deep, there's all kinds of people involved in this, it appears, that have power, have money, and you can't touch them. And now all of a sudden, these people decide to go after, they, they sue... Well, Epstein's dead, allegedly by suicide, which I don't buy for a second. Uh, and now, somehow or another, they latch on to J.P. Morgan and some other bank. As, as the money flows through these banks, that somehow they should have known. And they get Jamie Dimon on there. And as soon as they said they were going to reopen his deposition with some new evidence, they, they miraculously settle, mm-hmm. which, which gets the bank and Dimon out of the loop. But the guy who was closest to it, who actually was the account executive, whatever you call him at a bank, there is still after him, and it doesn't, it doesn't uh, let him off the hook at all. And they're trying to claw back money from the guy, his salary, which I don't quite get. Uh, but how? Let's put it this way: we're not going after anybody criminally anywhere. Yet this comes through a civil thing. How do you determine, you know, whether a bank should have known whether? A brokerage firm should have known whether. What What about the guy? This 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 guy had an island in the Virgin Islands, right? Mm-hmm. So, how does the How does the ferry guy? I'm su- I'm assuming there's some kind of ferry, maybe not. How does the ferry guy not see a bunch of scared young girls on the thing on day one, and a bunch of losers from the Middle East or from Washington or from London on a boat the next day going to the same place and not put two and two together? How do the people at the airport? not recognize what's going on. How do the police? They're all scot-free except the bank because they got money. Where are we going with this? I, I just have no idea how this is all playing out. There's a million questions there I know, but so take whatever one you want to answer. <laughs> well, you know, the answer to prosecutorial discretion is very easy. Let me decide who to go after. I'll make a fair and impartial judgment as to who they should go after in what circumstance, and I'll go even a step further, and I should be able to tell you uh, who should be found guilty and what their penalty should be. That will solve all of your problems because I am fair Salamnic. So just like, just like King Solomon, I'll, uh, I'll be able to split the baby in all these cases to your satisfaction and everybody else's satisfaction. Which is How's that? total BS, obviously. <laughs> um, but, you know... There are limited resources, and uh, I, I mean, I'm not trying to, to defend the system as much as that decisions have to be made as to who's the most egregious in, in, in all of these things. And, you know, Epstein's situation is truly despicable, what happened with those young girls for years. And you're right, there are people in power. I mean, look at 
look at the people who are on that plane, from Dershowitz to Clinton to uh, Prince Andrew, and you know, n none of these guys are babes in the woods who have no clue as to what's going on when they go into situations like that. And Epstein clearly had uh, had primed these folks, uh, a lot of these guys, for what was on his island, what was on his big estate or his big uh, palatial setting in North in New York. Um, so yeah, I mean they they should be held accountable for what they did. And Epstein got off easy, whether it was suicide or not suicide, he got off easy because he's not facing any of this right now. Um, how far do they cast the net? Yeah, if they're trying to get money in settlement for the young girls who were victims, then you want to go after the people who have the money, like J.P. Morgan. So the young and, girls aren't going to get into this money. Well, I know, but but uh, you're right. But I mean, if that's part of the theory to make them pay for this, then you want to go after the people with the money. And um, I, you know, I I think that, for example, someone like Prince Andrew would have a lot of money that they could go after as well. I uh. I, I'm kind of talking in circles here because I, I agree that there's no real answer to to your your series of questions as to who gets indicted, who gets prosecuted in all of this, and why, who makes the decisions, and why. And it it's scary to think that an institution like J.P. Morgan would be brought into this, but that's some of what happens with drug lords all the time, and you know the money laundering. That's why you've got to report now. Um, which interesting, by the way is how Denny Hassard got caught up in the child abuse situation when he was a wrestling coach here in Illinois. It was because of the way he was taking money out of his banks to make payment to the hush money guy that he had abused as a young student. So, you know, that's that's another example of using the banking laws to to get some, to find somebody who really should be prosecuted. Well, I mean, you go back to the Lagoyevich situation and the guy was a little bit of a sleazeball and a little clumsy. He never got a dime, and yet they spent how many millions of dollars running through every dime he had, plus second trial and the whole bit. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I mean, I and yet one of my uh, best friends asked me like a couple of months ago if I knew anybody that could help out. Evidently, one of his friends, the lady's a uh, a widower, widow. Sorry. Uh, and, uh, you know, never really did a lot of money stuff in her life. Well, she gets a, a tablet. I think I think she buys a tablet from Apple. And and on the tablet, already the, the tablet's already sort of hacked into. I, I don't know the full details, but something something on there about your name is is in the dark web and blah, 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 and, and you know, we'll help you out type of thing. Well, people get these all day long, I guess. I, I don't, fortunately, I haven't gotten any, but Carl says he gets them all the time. And it's uh, and you're supposed to pay these guys to to fix this thing for you. So the lady evidently goes to a bank, gets twenty five grand in cash, I believe. I think that's how they she paid it. Maybe she paid him with a credit card. But she goes to an actual physical address on Division Street out west, and gives these guys the dough. Right? Because she, without asking people first, she's just paranoid that this is whatever is happening is happening. Right? So. Uh, anyway, she goes, and then uh, the uh, they end up with you know, knowing the place, the money's gone, talk to the police, talk to the FBI. Oh, no, it's too small. We're not going to go after it. I mean, I know people that have gotten 
money pulled out of securities accounts by people that had hacked huh? into guys' offices at home and used the passwords. And the FBI's like, ah, we're not, not going to touch that. It's 150. Our, our limit's 150. Okay, well, here's one for 200. Now our limit's 250. What, what is what is going on, Brennan? I mean, what what is this idea? We'll go after this one, not after that one. I, I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I think that some, there needs to be a massive clean out everywhere, and I don't know how you do that. I mean, I mean, Carol and I have talked about. We've gone from a society where people mostly trusted people. I mean, you know, these people that were weird, but to one where I absolutely, I mean, you know, and so does Maddie, you know, I, I don't even want to be in the same city as Trump. I never could stay on the guy. Yet there is no doubt that that in terms of money stolen from the government and things like that and people dodging rules and getting around them and stuff, uh, you know, he, he makes his own worst enemy in the way he tr- treats the people that come after him, right? But still, yeah. there's no doubt that other people have done things just as bad as him, and yet they're, they're scot-free. So, you know, there's a certain element in the society that says the more they come after him, the more it means not only that he's the sleaze that he is, but it also means something's wrong with the system because they just ignore everybody else. I, mean, I, I, don't, I, I think you're, we're going to this absolute non-trust piece, and I don't know how you get that back. I really don't. I don't know that you can get it back or get it back quickly. Certainly, I don't think we're going to get it back in uh, in our lifetimes. But you know, the counter argument to that is that if you decide that yeah, there are a lot of people who have done as much or worse than Trump, so just let them go. I, I mean, that's not what I'm saying. I, I'm not saying I don't know what the balance is. I mean, it's it's at a point yeah. now. If somebody pulls me over for sixty-five on the Ryan, even even me who loves policemen, I'm going to say. What, you saw, an old, you saw an old white guy with a Chicago police car plate and you pulled me over because I'm safe? What are you doing? Yeah. You know, 48 people just passed me up at 90 and you, you pulled me over? What, what are you... I, 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 would, I would hope I would be disciplined enough to not say that, but mm-hmm. that's exactly what I'd be thinking. Well, yeah, and, and that, that's an, a perfect example. I mean, I remember, even as, as a young kid, uh, feeling that if I'm driving down the expressway, if I can stay behind somebody then I'm in the flow of traffic and wouldn't be pulled over, even if I'm going 80 down the Ryan. You know, if somebody's ahead of me doing 80 or 81 and there's a couple of car lines, that's the guy who should get pulled over. Or if there are still people passing by me, they're the ones who get pulled over. And if there's there's 10 possibilities of people getting pulled over, why me? Uh, and, it, you, know, it, you know, why not any one of them? Well, every one of them could have the same position to say, why me? Why didn't you get Brendan? Or why didn't you get the chief? They're going by me just as fast. And sometimes, you know, it's whoever gets selected out of the lottery at the, at the time that's happening. Um, and, you know, if, if your point, uh, whether you're, you're kind of circling back around to the Jeffrey Epstein thing or the Trump thing, um, you know, they're also the, the positions of power that they have, but also the impact on society. You know, if you've got somebody uh, like a Trump who has set state secrets and who who has things that are are clearly from what's been alleged, if those are proven to be true, are criminal and dangerous to our nation. Well, and you're right. I, the the arrogance and the narcissism that he has compounds the issue. You want to get the guy because he's a jerk. Same yeah. with Bogoyevich. You know the Bogoyevich. Yeah, well, yeah. You, you want to get them because they're such assholes. Well, Martha Stewart gets spanked because the people that she talked to didn't like her. She was mm-hmm. arrogant. 
Yeah, but she got on the cover of, of Sports Illustrated in a swimsuit. I, I, I was, I was going to ask you, did you buy that because she's on the cover? I did not buy it, but I did see newspaper articles with her. And, you know, surprisingly, it's it's not as revealing as the Kathy Ireland one that I remember from years ago with the Christy well, Brinkley one. Well, they looked a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't look bad. What is she? Is she 80? She's 81. 81. Still, 81. Looks pretty damn good for 81. Yeah, she sure does. Um, yeah, it was it was all the the time she spent in prison pumping iron and, and getting fit. <laughs> well, yeah, it's probably no reason to, to spend some time there, but <laughs> but yeah, you, uh, but but I think everybody everybody on the the right or anybody who's got an eyeball open sees the Clinton situation, where I think you know I'll ask you for a U.S. election, you're not supposed to take foreign money. Is that the story? Mm-hmm. Okay, right. so you open up a a uh, what was a charitable organization overseas, yep. the five hundred one c three organization, and everybody yeah. pours money into that. In a minute, she's not running. Nobody gets nobody sends any money over there. I mean, does anybody mm-hmm. not not realize what that was for? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, and yet it's it's. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying the world is better served with Hillary in jail or anything like that. But for God's sake, I, I mean, is in. I don't. I, you know, I try not to get involved in this. The Biden family and the money from China and this place. But is there any question that the Biden family has gotten more money, largesse from government largesse? It, it, it seems. It seems than Trump ever did. Even though Trump, like I said, I don't want. I don't want the guy near. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not so sure about that. I think that that's uh, a road. Really, that, that is really unclear at this point. Well, when I mean, you, if, if you include the. Actually, you know, if, if you include the, the son-in-law, you're probably right. Trump's son-in-law did pretty well. Yeah. I, I, uh, Let's if, put it, it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. If you're trying to compare dollars and cents, I, 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 I'm not sure that I buy that statement. Well, uh, yeah, because I, I guess I'm, I, I let in by saying I really don't know. I mean, there's mm-hmm. an audit, but it appears that everybody there has their finger in a pie someplace. I mean, uh, everybody, I mean, I, I had this uh, discussion in a, in a Tripoli with a, a real nice guy named Luke is an attorney, and he's straight-laced, liberal kind of guy. And he said, you know, Chief, you can't be making uh, statements like that because you really don't know all the details. And I said, you know, Luke, I certainly take that criticism to heart because I know you're a listener, and I know you're probably one of my brightest listeners. I said, but at some point, the, uh, you know, what's the, 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 the legend gets, gets higher than the fact. It strains credulity. Yeah, where where you it's, if if there's if there's fifty people in the Senate that everybody knows is taking money from everybody, the other fifty if they don't say something, they're in the same room, and it, mm-hmm. it and it's not right, but you know it, the we the policemen that have been tarred with the brush of the few people that act like total idiots and shoot people and beat up people and so forth, I, I'm going to say that. Every one of them knows one or two guys that shouldn't be on the police force, and nobody nobody boots them off. Right, I agree. But you know, your comment is also like the the old Chicago way. When you think about a mayor daily, King Richard the first, who you know by all indications didn't make millions of dollars in the way that some of his his compatriots did, but his sense of power was he knew where the bodies were. He knew that. He could drop a dime and have somebody prosec- prosecuted and thrown in jail. Well, he also, when it came to money, he had a lot of money. It just was in other people's pockets. 
Exactly, and that was the point I was going to make. Yeah. And, and it's the same thing when you're looking at the upcoming trial for Mike Madigan and the power and the, the alleged bribery scheme that he ran. It wasn't, well, I mean, he got a lot of money for his tax appeal law firm work, but most of the benefits that accrued to him was accumulating power because of other people in the House and in the Senate who supported him in his legislation, and he was able to get money to them, which directly or indirectly came back in the way of power to keep him in power. Um, we don't have enough time to dig through this all the way, but one of these days, maybe next week, actually, uh, well, next week there's not going to be a show on Monday. There will be a show on Tuesday because we're off on Monday. But this whole Commonwealth Edison thing absolutely frustrates me and, and makes me feel like an idiot I don't get the connection between the firm having the deferred prosecution when they're the ones who did it and have been doing it for a hundred and some years. But mm-hmm. now these four people, part of their deal is is they rat on the four people and they're going to try and take salaries back from them and not pay for their legal stuff. How, do, how does the firm that came up with the dough and is still doing it, by the way, I mean, in any, any stretch of the world with lobbyists and everything else, how do they get held harmless and these four people, they're basically, their they're behinds are hanging in the wind? And and and, uh, and, the, and the company's helping the state go after him. When- <laughs> well, chief, chief, come on! It, it, it's very obvious. This is a, a poor, simple corporation that was taken advantage of by greedy lobbyists, yeah, yeah. CEO, who just took advantage of the poor country bumpkins who were in charge of ComEd for years and years. So why wouldn't you hold the company free and and give them a, a pass? When you can get the real perpetrators behind this whole thing, yeah, and they, they, they did it for themselves, not for the. They did it for themselves, not for the. All company. altruistic, yeah. it's so altruistic all the way through, that and of course you wouldn't want to jeopardize the electrical power that you have in our homes, all the way right. through. So, you know, a version of too big to fail in a way that uh, the services they provide for the heating and cooling and, and moving of things and the lights on, um, give them. A right to but how do the, how do people in the state remote remotely justify this? I can't answer that. I I, I don't have an answer for that. I can't even speculate on how you you, you rationalize that. Except you know it, it's like the old RICO system. You start with somebody low on the bottom, and you work your way up, and you you try to get the people at the top. It's a long process, but you try to get the people at the top to to cut the head off the snake in order for it to, to stop doing it. But you didn't. Now, they they, they, they didn't paid exactly a fine out of shareholders' that money. That next point. You're, you're not stopping it, and uh, instead of a snake, you're really dealing with a hydra. Well, how do the, the people on the board there at least not get booted off the board and be banned from a board the rest of their life or something? I can't answer that either. I, I don't have... I can't even come up with a, a justifiable explanation that I can say with a straight face. And admittedly, on some of the things that we've talked about, I, I strain to come up with, with an argument on behalf of somebody else to play the devil's advocate, but I can't in good faith answer that question, even come on, coming up with something that's that's illogical. But uh, You do realize that if you were on Gillian's Island as a professor, you'd have been tossed there for the second week. <laughs> yeah. We were supposed to have all the answers. But... <laughs> I would want to be in the boat with Marianne. I want to take Marianne with you. You know what? I'm a, a staunch Marianne. Me too. And yeah. You know, I, regarding I mean, I like both, but Marianne was she's she takes the cake. You know, wholesome. Would I, wholesome. Well, we're not so sure about that, but that's okay. Girls well, she next was door. She was on Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Well, I'm saying a girls next door can have fun too. You know. Just oh yeah. Just saying. Hey, you know, I know we got a dash here, but 
this whole thing with this Epstein thing, I, I don't know. I've, I've got the male hormones in, as you guys do too. What what is the attraction of a fifteen year old girl? I, I I never when I was fifteen I looked I watched the ladies on TV that were thirty. I, I I never had that. What am I just being odd or are these other guys normal and I'm not? What what is the deal here? I I can't I don't understand that. I I really don't understand that. Um, I mean I mean look at look at for example Robert De Niro who just became a father. He's what seventy nine or eighty. And his wife, girlfriend, is what thirty-five or something well, like 35 that. Thirty-five is fair game. I mean, it's okay. Well, when you're eighty. Well, I mean, what's he going to do? He's not going to impregnate somebody who's seventy-five. He's not eighty until August. Yeah, come on, give, give the guy a break. <laughs> How old was uh, George Dunn when he was having the affair with the one the one lady? Was he seventy-nine yeah. or eighty or something? Well, I mean, my point my point is a big age disparity, but yes. I've never. To answer your question, I've never understood the attraction of going after minors like that. I mean, it, I don't it, either. I can't it, even. It sickens me to think of that. And and you know, I mean, I think of you know what I want somebody having that for my daughter. You know, but it's also a power play. You know, you look at the disparity. I mean, you, you go back to something like Clinton and Lewinsky, and the power display. You know, that's why a lot of corporate entities are getting in trouble lately for people in the C-suite. Uh, having affairs with people uh, who report to them or who are in their office, you know the old, you know, if you go back to the Mad Men era with all the secretaries yeah. who were having affairs uh, with age disparities and and things, but I, you know, when you get to the point of young girls who are underage, under yeah, 18, I, don't, I don't get that at all. That's that that's just shocking, and I mean that goes beyond the pale. Anyway, all right, Brennan, take care of yourself. Feel good. SP futures up three. Nasdaq futures up forty. Uh, We'll be right back. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right Hello, welcome back to Stacks and Jacks, otherwise known as Market Melt-Up these days. SP Futures up 4, NASDAQ Futures up 40. Uh, so we're, we had a big day yesterday to the upside of the afternoon. Just crept up, crept up, and we have today inflation report. We'll see where that is. And then we've got the Fed meeting today and tomorrow. I have to believe these Fed guys already have these numbers. But then again, I guess I'm a conspiracy dude. We're in Europe. Dex uh, up 20.1%. FTSE down 8.1%. Hecaren uh, up 1. Call that flat. So they're waiting for the numbers as well. Uh, yesterday, Dow was up 189, S&P up 40, NASDAQ up 202, another 1.5%. Remember, it used to take like months or years even to go up 1.5%. Now we do it every day. Bernasia, EK up again, 
584, 1.8%, tops 33,000 points. Joel will know this, I'm sure. I, I think the tippy top was like 35,000 before they crashed for like five decades. Hang Seng up 117.6%. Shanghai up four. We'll call that one flat. It's odd that they're not doing anything there. Uh, bonds, 10-year yield down three base points, 3.73. The blend unchanged, 2.37. Japan unchanged at 0.42. We've got oil, which has been getting clobbered. has come back a little bit today. Up, up a buck 27, 68.39, still under 70. Rent down a buck 54. It's, uh, I'm sorry, up a buck 54. That's over 2%, 73.36. Natural gas up five cents, two thirty-one. Arbab up four cents, two fifty-two. We've got gold up nine fifty, nineteen seventy-nine. It keeps running back to this nineteen eighty, threatening to go higher, and it doesn't. At least it hasn't so far. Silver up twenty-two cents, twenty-four twenty-two. Copper up seven cents, three eighty-two. Uh, we've got Bitcoin up three seventeen, back over twenty-six thousand, twenty-six one two seven. And we have the U.S. dollar down against both the euro and the pound, uh, about a half a percent. Pound is almost 108. I mean, the euro is almost 108, and the pound's almost 126. So, those are back to kind of recent highs. Matty, what do you have for us, Trevi Weather Sports? 36 minutes past the hour. Good morning to everyone out there. We're off to a decent start on the area expressways, but we do have a couple of crashes to report. If you're heading in inbound on I-290, um, actually, it looks like on the outbound side is where the crash is. The inbound side, there's delays from Gapers. So, on the outbound I-290, Eisenhower, just before Displains Avenue, which is exit 21A, we have a crash. That's been moved to the right shoulder. And on the inbound side, there's a significant slowdown as Gapers uh, apparently look at that crash. So uh, it's affecting I-290 in both directions right around Desplaines Avenue. Um, so keep that in mind if you're heading in from the western suburbs. Also, uh, just a bit west of there on the Reagan Memorial, I-88, inbound side at Highland Avenue, there's a crash that's been moved to the exit ramp. So those are the two issues, both coming in from the western burbs. Uh, other than that, we're off to a pretty good start here on a Tuesday morning. Weather today clouds early we will have some rain and potential thunderstorms later on today uh, cool temperatures as well as it's been all week really uh, in the city warmer inland but uh, in the city rain with a high of 65 right now it is overcast and 56 degrees downtown for our phoenix listeners sunshine with a high of 95 today right now it's clear and 75 in sports quiet night last night for our baseball teams cubs and Sox were both off the cubs are back home at wrigley tonight as the first place pirates come to town that's a 705 first pitch white Sox are in la to take on the dodgers in interleague play that game uh, will get underway at 9 10 chicago time lastly the diamondbacks uh, beat the phillies 9 to 8 and that'll bring us to our tuesday morning look at the major league baseball standings the white Sox are 29 and 38 Third place in the AL Central, four and a half back of the first place Twins, as that division is terrible. NL Central, also terrible. Uh, the Cubs are 28 and 37. They're nine games below, but just six and a half back uh, behind the first place Pirates, who they'll play tonight. They sweep them. They're almost in. They're Exactly. And uh, lastly, the Diamondbacks are the surprise in all of baseball. They've won six in a row and eight out of ten, and they find themselves in first place atop the NL West, which is a uh, obviously a pretty good division with the Dodgers and the Padres and the Giants in there. Uh, but the D-backs are 41 and 25 and have a four-game lead uh, in the NL West. NBA basketball, the Denver Nuggets are your NBA champions for the first time in team, the team's 47-year history, Chief. Uh, they beat the Heat at home last night, 94-89, winning that series four games to one. And uh, Nikola Jokic, to the surprise of no one, was named Finals MVP. The Stanley Cup uh, could be raised tonight uh, as well in Las Vegas as uh, the Golden Knights host the Panthers at 7 p.m., um, leading that series three games to one. Chief. So does that mean the Bulls are the third best team? 
<laughs> they did play the Heat uh, the toughest uh, and almost beat them. Had them, had them uh, they were up three with like two minutes left down in Miami. Could have won that game, and then who knows what happens after that. Uh, I think we know what happened. I mean, I think they would have lost immediately to the Bucs. But <laughs> yes, uh, Joel, you with us, bud? Yeah, good morning. And uh, to answer your question, uh, the all-time high in Nikkei was uh, December of 1989. When it hit an intraday high of 38,957.44, uh, closed that day at 38,915. And then where did it get down to, like, 7? Wow, you didn't say Joel will know the low of the move. <laughs> First of all, I think Joel knows everything about all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was under. It was well under 10,000. Yeah, it was well under so. 10, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah but... Uh, all right, Chief. Are you all prepared? You ready for the? You ready for the big CPI number at eight thirty? I I think that they're they're fudging it as we speak. They're fudging it as we speak. Okay. Well, what do you, what do you what do you think about the Fed pause uh, in June, or do you think with the market being up at these elevated levels that uh, Pump and Powell's going to slip in a fast one and go another quarter point rate hike? I I think that the Fed in the last five years has taken the level of government bull bleep to a new, a new level. Just saying. <laughs> I can't believe, I don't think you believe anything these guys say. Anything at all. Anything uh, at all. Okay. I just, I, uh, I mean, and the weird part is, well, they've taken away the money supply number, so you can't do that, but I'm, I'm looking at this, uh, uh, total asset. The only thing you can do now on a weekly basis is look at their balance sheet, right? Well, yep. they, they went from, uh, I'm going to say be, before COVID, we went from, uh, where were we? We were uh, $4,171,000, trillion, all right? Uh-huh. So in a space of like a year, they go to, uh, well, in two years, they made it up to 8955000000 so it's more than doubled, right? And now they, this is, this is in... April of 2022, so a year, almost a half ago, a year and a quarter ago, when they started saying they're going to start bringing all this stuff down. Well, in the, in the space of, from April of 20 to 2022, from 8955, they get down to, um, with all the, how many, how much per month, the 20 billion right, a month, right, was the 40, right, right. they get down to 8339. Then when the stupid bank thing happened, they popped it back up almost the entire way. 8733. So now today, it actually went up again last week a little bit. So, which leads me to believe that there's probably going to be a pause and that they've decided they're not going to go after. So they've gone from eight, from what? I say four something to eight, nine. And now in, in over a year of supposedly 40 billion a week, they're down uh, maybe 400, 400 billion, 40 billion a month. So they're, they're not even, they're not even on their pace. They're, they they up they went up two and a half times almost and now they're down, what not even ten percent, they're down seven percent in a year, and a half. I mean they're not they're, they're, there's nothing re, nothing remotely getting near a retracement of all the money they poured in. Not even it's not even on the, in the not even on the planet. Am I wrong? Or I mean, I, I mean, if you're because you're you're looking at the pure uh, numbers of the money supply, and it it um, it's deceiving. It's deceiving. But you know, what are you? What are we gonna do? I mean, you can't fight the Fed, and it seems like right now the Fed is winning in in both environments: uh, rising interest rate, 
uh, the market is winning, and we all know what you know. The market is uh, addicted to lower rates, but um, I I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens today at eight thirty. I mean, we'll see what happens tomorrow at uh, eight thirty with the PPI, and we'll see what uh, what Jerome has to do. I mean, you just can't. You can look at the statistics like that, Chief, and you can stand on the sidelines and yeah, and I, wait I get it. and worry. Yeah, but I but I but what is what does it do to uh, valuations. I mean, if, if you're, and you're, you know, you're more of a technical guy, but it's a lot, not like you don't know. Yeah, you're not, not fundamental too. But I'm fundamental saying, too. when you start talking about some of these companies, I'm looking at this Adobe. The, the thing was 330 a month and a half ago, and now they're, now they're they're 484. I mean, I, I've, I've had Adobe on my machines for as long as I've had machines, but why all of a sudden are they worth 50 percent more than or 40 percent more in the last five weeks? AI, baby. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, I get it. You know, it's it's, it's like the cloud. <laughs> but how how quick have we forgotten the cloud? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't think it's forgotten. I mean, it still makes up a lot of revenue of uh, of uh, of companies. But I mean, it's a it's a different. Uh, it's I mean, it's storing the data. Uh, the AI is different. I well, mean, I, I, sure, I think I, it's a different angle. I'm saying, but it's we 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 seem to stagger from. Uh, bubble to bubble, and and, yep. and and we love it, and it's and it and it's it's become the national sport. We're more than more than just being a market of of value in companies. I mean, don't get me wrong, Joel. I mean, I, all my people are long. Right, you know? so, so, I have right. to be. Yep. Yeah, so I'm, yep. I mean, I, I mean, maybe it's because we have you know some protection, and I guess we wish we didn't have the protection, but. You know, I suppose last year I didn't crack my car up. I didn't. I wish I didn't have insurance, but I mean, I'm not going to drive <laughs> without it. So. But the, uh, but the, but the point being is, is there, you know, is where are we going to take it? Is it Nvidia two thousand, four thousand, eight thousand? I mean, is is there some number which you say, I don't want it anymore? I mean, uh, right now it doesn't appear to be. But we've seen this happen before, right? And uh, you know, and I, but but when, but the thing that's got me kind of weirded out is that whenever this this has happened before, there's been some driver, and the driver's always been money entering the system. You you can develop momentum in the market just because when you go up a trillion dollars in the market, there's a trillion dollars more of buying power, right? So people have more money to spend because they can borrow more, correct? Correct, yep. So you actually can create money almost in the market, which is kind of what we're doing. It becomes a momentum kind of trend. And I'll say this, I, I don't really see market margin loans are very high, but they're not at records or anything. The last time I looked, I mean, we're not, you know, we're high, but we're not ridiculously high nope um, nope there's a lot of there's uh i mean there's a lot of indicators out there that are saying that this market has a long way to go on the upside well and they're always they're always got, are. they're always are they're always are and a lot of times when you get into these bubble states and these kind of things it's something unexpected that knocks the market off their keister and Expect the unexpected, Chief. I guess I don't. I guess that's the only advice I have today. And um, sit tight. I yeah. mean, we could be, you know, we could be down a thousand points today, and you know, be talking, you know, talking a whole different story. I just don't think. Uh, I just don't think that. I don't know. I just don't think inflation is going to be linked. Uh, or is going to be beat well, that easy. Well, I'll so, tell you what. I just. I'm anxious to find a one tomorrow because probably in the producer price. We got a dash here, but. I just went through some old stuff for taxes. 
my phone bill for Stacks and Jacks for the one line we have here, it's separate from any of the securities firm and stuff, uh, was 85 hours in September. Now it's 130. So that's 50%. Now somewhere I'm going to look in the PPI or someplace, and they're going to talk about business communications, and the idiots will have it up like 1%. You know, on what planet are they seeing their stuff? I'm not talking about your cell phones. I'm talking about if you businesses uh, for the kinds of lines and stuff in your house or cable or fiber optic or stuff, they're going straight to the moon. And yet, yeah. it's not going to be counted anywhere, I don't think. Joel, take care of yourself, bud. All right, I got to hop. Uh, go blue. We'll talk next week. SP Futures up three. Nazavir's up 31, but we're going right to Kenny. Kenny, how are you, buddy? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm doing all right. I was, uh, was your, were your uh, ears burning on, on, Monday, on Sunday? <laughs> no, I'm afraid to ask. Why would they have been burning? Well, because I was at my brother's, who likes to cook for everybody on Sunday, and his kids come over and everything, and he sees the two granddaughters, and they're, they're a riot. And we were we were uh, debating whether we should go with the arugula pesto. Ah, uh, did you do it? We haven't done it yet, and everybody had, of course, had. Everybody's got an opinion, right, in this world, you know. Yeah, yeah. What did so your... I'm gonna tell you? Arugula pesto is a, It's simple, but because the arugula's got like a peppery, it's got like a little kick to it. It's different from basil, which is sweeter. But the arugula pesto is very good. If you haven't had it, you got to try it. Do you ever you ever combine the two? Uh I have I have not combined that. I've combined the arugula with spinach, but I've never combined it with um, with um, uh, uh, basil. Uh, the one lady who does all the Italian stuff with has the yep. big food show, she made a rosemary. That has to that has to be really strong, doesn't it? Jed, what rosemary? Ro- ro- yeah, rosemary pesto. That has to be yeah, rosemary strong. Big on rosemary. I use it very sparingly, so that's something I just I wouldn't hate just because I don't like rosemary. But um, I can tell you, you can do a lot of things with pesto. You can make broccoli pesto, you can arugula, you can make spinach, you can make edamame pesto, uh, you know, like soybean pesto. You can mix that with spinach. You can mix that with the arugula as well. It's well, all very good, and it's simple to make. So are, are we going to the sky here, or is this, uh, this tree is so good? Gonna... I in my note this morning. Here's what I'm – here's what – I mean, listen, if we are beyond – I thought we were topping at 4260, right? Now, we want, we've got nearly 80 points higher from there. Um, but it does feel a bit extended to me. Now, it doesn't mean that I think it's going to crash. I just mean there has to be some consolidation and pullback um, in the market, right? Because I think that the investors and I think the algos and I think a, lo- I think a lot of guys that hedgies that bet had a big short bet uh, on the market are, are thrown in the towel. And, you know, when you go to cover a short, you become a buyer. It only exaggerates the move higher. Um and so my sense is that it's been that that all this good news. What is this? Right. What was that? What was the, I have uh, no idea. Uh, okay. Well, but so what? Well, what do you? Uh, is it price that priced in? So I wouldn't be surprised if we see whether it's today with the CPI or tomorrow with the FOMC if we see kind of a buy the rumor, sell the news type of event. And sell the news doesn't mean crash; it just means a pullback. Um, what, what in terms of uh, long-term valuations? I'll I'll, uh, I'll get into that. It looks like you know the Nvidia of the world is now. I got them in almost ten times revenue, which is yeah. to me is really really toppy. But they're forty something, fifty something times earnings. I'm looking at the, this Adobe's up a hundred and some bucks in like three weeks. They're yeah. they're pushing forty seven times earnings. This is this is not a new company. They've been around for a long time. Forty-seven. I mean, is is that is that the number going forward? And the people 
like maybe me and maybe you to say, you know, 25, 30, even for a company that's a growth company is a little stretching it. 50 is kind of really stretching it, but are, are, am I wrong? I mean, is 50 the new number and we're just going to be like that for a few years and we're going to grow into it somehow? I, I mean, I'm not sure what... No, I, I, I'm with you. I think it's too high at the moment, right? I think the market has gotten too far ahead of itself and so those numbers have been stretched maybe more than they should be, which is why I think you know, there should be a little bit of a pullback. And then ultimately, maybe we do grow into it. But I think today it's toppy and it's stretchy a little bit. I uh, I did something which I should never should have done, Kenny, because it probably impacted my trading for the worst for 20-some years. Um, in 2000, when we had the, the dot bomb stuff going on, Yeah, I, I said, you know, look in the mirror, Chief, you know, you're not smart enough to say all these stocks are, over, are overly valued because some of them, Clearly, it probably are not. I mean, because this is new technology. It's always new technology, right? right. So, I, so I took like the top ten or fifteen stacks. One day, I must have nothing better to do, and I just looked at because I mean, Cisco was ten times revenue. Uh, so was or I mean, a lot of them. They were all the ones that were the, the, the hot stacks. So I, yeah. I looked at just like the top ten or fifteen companies. And I said, okay, for these guys to be quote normal at this price, where the revenue had to go from ten to you know, uh, 10 times revenue to, you know, whatever, more like, you know, 50 times revenue, like a regular company, um, and said, this is what the earnings have to be. I think in the, in the, just in those stacks, I had like the GDP damn near doubling or something. (laughs) I mean, mean, there's just, I was certainly never dreamed I was smart enough to say, this is the clunker, this is the clunker, you want to sell this one, that one. But I, but I knew absolutely they're not all going to do that. I mean, and I and I look at Adobe, I look at Nvidia, I look at uh, Netflix. I mean, how much can you spend more for TV stuff? I mean, I you can't take. They're not all going to triple revenue in the next three years. They they can't. There's not enough. There's not enough money out there. Right, which is why I think you know, like anything, it's gotten a little bit ahead of itself. And so, um, although you know, like you and I both know, it, the market can remain irrational longer than you can remain. Oh, that, that, oh yeah. I'm not, believe me, I'm not short. I'm just saying. I wish I knew. Which the winners were because there's got to be some winners and some losers in there because I don't know, I don't know why I always figure that in, uh, that uh, Netflix because it sure, clearly isn't one of the losers if you're short of that thing except for like one day you've been carried out how right. many times but I I just can't I am really stunned with this every time somebody comes out with a new TV show it's on another place you got to pay for yeah you know <laughs> I mean, for a while they were they were free for a long way ago but then they went on yeah. cable there's about a bazillion cable channels. And now the the thing doesn't seem to be sell it to a cable company or sell it to Turner or sell it to somebody to get it on cable. Now it's how, how many of these plus things would you have to have to get all the new shows? Like eight of them? Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. It gets it does get absolutely confusing, right? And it gets frustrating too because every time you turn around, it's another subscription that supposedly you have to have. Well, I mean, it's two hundred dollars a month for cable. You have to watch the, the five best shows. I gotta have. I gotta pay six dollars a month to six other places. Right. Right. I, mean, I, I guess that's a solution to something. I just don't know what it is. I, but it's hard for me to really invest in that whole group there because I think somehow they're 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 walking at a cliff here someplace. Yeah, I mean at least the Sopranos was on, you know HBO and you you had the cable, you know so right. It's 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 different than having to get something something plus or that plus. Yeah, yeah, right. Having to get something else. But you saw. I mean, did you see what happened with Netflix? I mean, yeah, stock has gone crazy, but. 
ever since they ever since they uh, you know they made that announcement about not being able to share the passwords, all these new subscribers that uh, that signed up because they want it, right? Now Netflix happens to be, I think, a great a great show, but at some point it becomes ridiculous to have to pay for all these all these different services. I think. Well, you know what I spotted on my on my cable the other day. I mean, I, haven't, I don't watch TV that much except for sports. Um, so I I was I was taping uh, Longmire, right? So I haven't like I said I haven't gone back and watched one of the damn things for like a year. So I see yeah. the thing is like the spot where you can't. I go to hit on it. It's like a year ago. It yeah. won't, it won't come up and play. It says I got to buy it. And now it's on Netflix. They like they like buy it off your your. I was gonna say tape machine. They buy it off your. What do you what do you call it when you store it on your own on the thing? So on, your, on the on that DVR, yeah, on that thing that that recorder thing that they yeah. Give you? So if I kick it on there, it, it won't play anymore. I got to go to Netflix to get the thing I recorded a year ago. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Of course, I didn't no. sign up either. But so what, so what do you make of uh, what do you think of today? I mean, uh, is, so is, I I think the number is actually going to be better, right? I mean, look, they're preparing us already for a better number, but I actually think you could see an even better than what the expectation is. And I think you could see that tomorrow in PPI. And then I think that that will give cover to the Fed tomorrow when they make their announcement that they're going to skip to sound a little less hawkish. Not dovish, not a pivot, not okay, it's all good with cutting rates. Not that at all, but not so dovish. I think the idea that Loretta Mester and Jimmy Bullen thought we were pushing rates more towards 6%, may in fact uh, be in question. But we'll, we'll find out, we'll have a better idea after today tomorrow, depending on what CPI does, right? Now look, I think the market's also pricing in the fact that they don't think CPI is going to do a 180 and start to rise again, that they think they've completely uh, uh, killed it. I don't think they've completely killed it yet. I think there's a little bit of caution. You saw that this morning in the UK. Their wages rose. Upward pressure on raises, wages rose by 7.2% for the quarter versus the expected up 6.6%. So that just that just fuels the argument that inflation is going to remain an issue in the UK. And now the Bank of England is expected to push rates up by 50 basis points next week in order to slow that down. That's the risk I think we still run here because we have a strong labor market. Wages are still rising. Maybe they're starting to slow a little bit, but they're still rising and that could easily change. Right, so I think you have to. While I'm while I'm hopeful, I think you, you can't. We're not out of the woods yet, so therefore I'm still playing it a little more defensively. Right, I own tech. I'm not chasing it up here. I'm certainly not buying Nvidia up at three hundred dollars a share. I'm just not or four hundred dollars a share. I own it well below, so I'm not chasing it up here. But nor am I buying Apple or Microsoft or Amazon. Well, Amazon I might be because that's not really out of line. But the other ones, you know, I'm not buying it. But I am buying. Uh, continue to buy defensive names. So f- uh, financials, which are just up about 3%. Industrials are only up 5% a year. Why? Because a lot of these stocks were the winners last year. Even though they were negative, they weren't double-digit negative like all the tech was. And so, therefore, I'm putting new money there. That's well, what, what I think. So, you're, what do you mean? Like some of the communication stuff, the Verizons, the telephone, even 3M, it's had, a, it's had a pop in the last week. But the thing was down yeah, from two uh, something to yeah, ninety. So when you talk when you talk about the XLC, which is the communi- SB communications uh, ETF, Verizon and Telephone are only like two or three percent of that portfolio. You know what the big names are? Meta, 
Apple, uh, Amazon are the three big names, not Amazon, Meta and Apple and uh, Google, I think is the other one, are the three big, they make up 50% of that ETF. So when you look at names like Verizon, which has underperformed, I like Verizon. I own Verizon. It's a good dividend payer. It's a stable stock. For me, it fits in part of my portfolio because of its stability and because of where I am in the life cycle, right? So so I'll look at, uh, I own telephone as well. I'd buy more telephone down here because, again, it pays 6% and it's a stable name. I can find security in that, right? All right. Kenny, what do you think? Uh, I don't know if you had a chance. Of, Dan Janinas was on Thursday and he had some interesting observations. Dan really comes up with some interesting stuff. I mean, everybody does. It comes yeah. out here. That's why I love doing the show. He's, yeah. He was saying, we've had this debate, you and he and I, and everybody regarding this massive price bubble that the Fed has put into the economy, where virtually yeah. everything's up 30 35%, some 40 I mean, they can say yeah. what they want about you know 5%. It's all bull, bull crap. But the, uh, Dan says that uh, they're not going to attack the price bubble. They're going to they're gonna stop here because... People are what the term he used. People are getting used to the really high prices. They've made their adjustments. They're not going to dinner like they were. The people that you know nobody cares about, basically the eighty percent of the population, is is basically have decided not to revolt, <laughs> and and they're just going to thank you, sir. May I have another? And and you know that's and, an interesting argument. And I know Dan and I like Dan a lot. I think it's an interesting argument. Paul Krugman, actually, I saw a piece on Twitter where Paul Krugman said the same thing today that he thinks people don't care anymore, so therefore it's all good. Oh, they care. You. They're just powerless. And I, again, I say they care. They're just powerless. I I was reading something uh, yesterday. I was listening. Actually, on the way in, I was picking one of my producers up and. Uh, there's some somebody here was at the the teachers at the Eastern Illinois some some damn place here in Illinois some the teachers yep. were out on and they they essentially they've been out on not strike but haven't you know haven't had a contract in three years or whatever they're going to give them a a two percent bonus right out of the gate to to make up for like the two years that they haven't had a raise and they're going to get like two and a half percent a year for the next four years. Yeah, and I'm thinking these people are now going to be buried into a five-year recession. I mean, they're talking about a total increase over a four, four, five-year period of ten percent. Kenny, you're yeah, not, they're, not, they're not even. How, how does how is the population putting up with this? I, I, I don't. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not asking for people to go get a musket, but I mean, wh- really? I mean, anybody who thinks that this is okay, it, but I think the Fed has got that read that they're saying if we just cut it off here, people will somehow make make do, and the yeah. people we care about with the market, they're happy with us. Let's just roll with it. I think that's. Uh, what, I, listen, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with that, um, but I don't think it's necessarily true that people. Uh, that that people are comfortable with it. I'll also tell you, at least down here in the part of Florida I'm in, you still you still can't go out to dinner without a reservation because the lines are out the door. People are still going out. People are still traveling. Have you been to an airport recently? I mean, it's crazy. That's what I'm it's saying. Like, Some percentage of population's got nothing but money. Plus, now if you were to do a, a study on the restaurants, yeah, are you counting the ones that closed? Well, no. Well, I'm saying it. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I walk down this, the street to the Tripoli, and some night it'll be mobbed, and I realize the bar across the street is closed. It's closed, yeah. No, yeah, I, I hear you. I guess I have to, you have to, right, you have to take that into account, right? How many, how many of them have actually closed? But, but, By the way, yeah. Pat, did you see the, did you see the, the little bit on, uh, you know, New York City? They're getting overrun with the immigrants, and so now the city is, is, is leasing out whole hotels 
to to uh, house these to house the immigrants, right? As part of the as part of the solution. So yes, a downtown Manhattan they they leased out all day and down by Wall Street. And there was a business which was across the street from the hotel, like a food, you know, like a, a, a restaurant, um, that had to close its doors. And it had a big sign on the window that said, due to the fact that the hotel is now, was taken over by the city and now houses immigrants, we lost uh, we lost a, a client base, right? Because people from the hotel oh, yeah. just go across the restaurant. Now, the immigrants are not going across the street to eat at the restaurant. And so the guy put a sign on the door and said, listen. We're out because we lost our customer base, or we lost a big portion of it. So we made a. We, the idea was we better close down because we can't survive. And so there's going to be these unintended consequences of other businesses losing losing their business as a result. Well, Kenny, they're 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 unintended to the uninformed politician or the politician that doesn't care. They're certainly not. They're very predictable to you and me. Yeah, no, I hear you, but but that's right. I hear you, but the politicians, are, you know, they're playing, they're playing like uh, deaf, dumb, and blind. You know what I mean? Why, why do we have? I'm not going to say we should uh, roll down this policy road. Come to Chicago next time. I'll take you on two two different trains to the south side. You'll see square miles where not where there isn't a, there isn't anybody. It's down. We got all kinds of room. We don't have to put anybody in a downtown hotel. I'm not saying we want a million immigrants. I'm just saying. There's places in this country that have nothing but room. <laughs> I, I hear you, but they're not in New York, right? Those places are outside New York City, and they're all going to New York City or the big cities, San Francisco, Chicago, wherever it is. Look, they took the Roosevelt Hotel, which wow. was right midtown by Grand Central, which is a historical New York City hotel, turned it into a homeless immigrant shelter. The whole thing is turned into a homeless immigrant shelter. I was there last week. And I walked by, and, it, and it's all cordoned off. And I said to the guy standing out front, who looked like a security guard, "I go, I go, is the hotel open or closed?" He goes, "It's a homeless, sh- homeless slash immigrant shelter." I go, "What?" Uh, I'm, I'm going to hope, and I know I'm wrong here, but I'm going to hope that the hotel was going to be set for major rehab and was going to close for a while anyway. But I'm so- and that that could be true. That's right. That's right because it was an old hotel. Yes. But now they're not even rehabbing it. Now they just they populate it with homeless immigrants and homeless and immigrants, right? Because they had to. They, they they got no place to put them. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, if it's if there's a six month plan to get everybody acclimated and to be moving somewhere else, and they're going to start the rehab. I guess I could almost support it, but I don't feel there's any kind of planning like that, do you? Yeah, no, I don't think so either. I mean, you if there know? was, probably both of us could roll with it. But I don't trust these guys to have any kind of plan like that, do you? Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> God. Anyway, uh, Kenny, take care of yourself, buddy. Have a, I'm, I'm going to try this, uh, even and uh, see how it works. I, although I'm, I've never been really, I've never had real, real success of putting these things in the blender. Yeah, it's so simple. It's olive oil, garlic, pignoli, nuts, cheese, and arugula. Come on, you're killing me. Do you got one of those? Uh, what do you got, Rose? Those big, high karate vendor uh, blenders? I got a food processor. I got a, I got a. Uh, Squeeze it out of food processor. All right. Well, I got to go out and, and up for one of those. All right. You're, I, everything you send every week, I, I send myself, I send the recipe home and I haven't cooked very much. Every one of them sounds delicious. Kenny, take Listen, care of yourself. I gave you chicken scallopini with peas and broccoli in the note. And then last night I went home and I made it for dinner and I put the picture up on my Twitter so you could see what it looks like when it's cooked, when all right. it's all done. We, we, Maddie, anyway, you might have to send that one out, Maddie. We can talk about Coming to New York City with whoever you want to bring to the yep. New York Stock come the come uh, you know the fall probably. Yeah, we're thinking September. We got we got people. Yep. Take care of yourself, right. buddy. SP futures yep. up three, Nasdaq is up thirty four.
How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, and jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening here. Lord Northbrook, Stacks and Jacks. Time to mom. Wherever on the board, SP futures up four. Is the futures up thirty-two? So we aren't ducking at all after a big day yesterday. We have the professor. Good morning. How are you? We're talking about your town, Kenny and I. Talking about a big hotel, having uh, the uh, immigrants in there, and we're talking about uh, possibly going to the New York Stock Exchange in September and October. And if we if we decide we ever could pull that off, we absolutely got to come. Got to see you. Oh yeah, it'd be great. Uh, I heard it was like thirty or forty hotels that that's happening in. Uh, yeah, McKinney was talking about the Rose. You said was it the Roseville? He said, Eddie, was that the one? Yeah, well, I think that's one of them. But I think yep. there's like several of them, like forty, where uh, migrants are being uh, um, housed by the state. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we're talking about hotels that were about to be totally remodeled anyway, or something. But I, maybe not. I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what. I just heard about it from Kenny and you. Uh, well, you know, I think a million residents have left the state, and about half a million have left the city. So, uh, and you know, the funny thing is, in 2019 when we visited New York, we, we used to visit New York uh, every summer. And in 2019, before the pandemic, I remember uh, 
the southern tip of Manhattan was pretty busy and my college is on the southern tip of Manhattan and it seems like there's typically not a lot of people walking around there it was really strange to see that I, I would I was expecting to see more people down there so uh, in, the, in the southern part of Manhattan I think there's like 40 some buildings office buildings that are for the most part vacant um, and I think we talked about this before yeah. You know, a few months ago, where you know, why not convert them into residential homes if you're really worried about you know the poor? But you know, maybe maybe tourism is down. Well, the These only hotels people, are empty. The only reason you why want, somehow. Yeah, but the only reason why you want to live there, the only reason why you want to stay in hotels, because you've either got a job or you're there for business, or you know, once in a while on a weekend just to see New York, which is kind of cool. But if, yeah. if, if you you can't pull. <laughs> It's like a, it's like a human body, you know. You can't pull the liver out and have the thing run. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know it, it all sort of has to work, or none of it works. Yeah, I, I mean, I think yeah, there's got to be a vibrancy I, to it that that you know, if it, I don't I mean, uh, if there's if there's everybody leaves downtown Chicago, if all the jobs leave, who the hell wants to live in downtown Chicago if there's no job yeah. there? Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would want to live in Tribeca if I worked at the World Trade Center, right? I don't want to work, work live in Tribeca if I if if I have no job there. Why would I want to? It costs yeah. a fortune. There's no parks. There's no nothing, right? And if there's no people around after work, what do I want to hang there for God's sake? You know, it's kind of funny. This is the first spring I've ever really spent in New York, and what I found interesting is in a lot of neighborhoods in Brooklyn, for example. You know, there's a lot of trees, and you know we were either here during the winter, or in the heat and humidity of July. And maybe the heat and humidity of July was just zapping me, and I, I wasn't noticing. But like in a lot of neighborhoods in Brooklyn, the uh, streets, the neighborhood streets, are just lined with trees, um, and you don't really notice that. Even downtown Brooklyn, there's there's uh, streets lined with trees, um, which is surprising because the buildings are so tall there, and, and, and the trees to be able to get enough sunlight to be as green as they are. It's actually interesting to actually live here year-round now. Um, you, you don't really see that in Manhattan, but out in Brooklyn, it's, it's quite uh, surprising to see how many trees there are. I mean, you, you could call maybe Brooklyn Tree City in certain parts. I mean, it's just crazy how many there, how many there are here. Well, yeah, I, I like that. But in Chicago, you can you can look at, I'm going to say, uh, Pilsen. Maddie, there's no, I don't think there's a difference in Pilsen after the uh, the pandemic, I think it's a very vibrant community. People live in every house. The property values are staying. Then uh, I was talking to somebody last week at the Tripoli, and he lives up, uh, where's that whole Roscoe area, Manny? Uh, that whole area up in Irving Park, uh, you know, the whole northwest side. I don't think there's any change. Those are, those are very thriving communities. Beverly's fine. Mount Greenwood's fine. Yet the areas that are just being decimated here, are a lot of them are the African American neighborhoods. I mean, the, the, those are that's where the people are leaving. Eighty thousand people, eighty thousand black people left here in the last decade or something. Hmm. I mean, it's, wow. But I mean, but if you if you take, I've had some problems with my trucks. I've been on the train going to the south side a couple times. I mean, there's you look out the window. If, if you're not immune to it, you look out and you go, God, I remember people that lived on that block, and there's nobody there. It's, it's all the entire. Where the, I don't know if you remember the view at uh, Sox Park back in the day, the Robert Taylor Homes. It was Cabrini Green on the north side and it was Robert Taylor Homes on the south side. They went from, Manny, what would you say, 31st to 51st? One after another after another. And they, they were from the railroad tracks 
which is roughly uh, it's not quite State Street. It's probably say I don't know what what the street is on the south side there, but from there to State Street, it's got to be a distance of it's not a half mile, but it's probably three blocks, which is three eighths of a mile. So for three eighths of a mile east to west, and for two and a half miles north to south, maybe three. There isn't. There's 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 a couple old schools. Somebody put some. Uh, uh, facility up there for people to do tennis and stuff if you want to try to be an Olympian or something but there's maybe three or four buildings in the entire area no, nothing has gone up there since these things came down a decade ago not a thing and and, and, and if you go into where there's houses there's blocks where there's five houses up and the rest the rest are down or, or you'll see some it's, we're talking about an entire area that looks like a bomb hit it and you know, Inglewood's worse. If you, if you look on the other side, the other take the other train to Oakland, it's even worse looking the other way. It's you know where the the uh, they have this uh, this food store. They're always fighting about it. Sixty third and Halsted. That was that was this. Other than downtown, that was the shopping mega center of the city. Yeah, and an L stop there. There, no matter how many thousand people per day have to had to get off the L there and go into one of those stores or whatever, it's flat. It, we could put what I mean. If, but what about we did a show, Matty. Who was the show we did with the one day where they were talking about uh, how many people have left Peoria? How many people have left. Uh, wh- what's the other city uh, where John Deere is? One of them, one of them, one's in Peoria, Caterpillar, and where's the other one? In, uh, John Deere's Quad Cities, right? Uh, like Rock Island or. Maybe, yeah, but I mean, or something. They, they've, they've lost people after people. I mean, in, in the city of Akron in, o- in Ohio, didn't they, they, didn't they clean out whole areas? Clean out, bad term. Uh, areas where they just said. We'll buy you out of your house, and we'll make it park property, and we'll make golf courses because we can't, we can't support the plumbing and the sewage and the streetlights. Detroit, same thing. Didn't they? Didn't they give land to some of the suburbs or something? There's all kinds of room in some of these cities. I mean, don't, I mean let's not kid ourselves and say they're full. They aren't. I, you know. Well, what I'm worried about is uh, America becoming. San Francisco. I tweeted about that uh, over the weekend or yeah. last Friday or so. I mean. San Francisco, you know, 30, 40% vacancy rates, big retailers moving out. Uh, fentanyl is a, a massive problem. And people on the left are starting to recognize, you know, maybe this isn't a very good thing. And that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of that oh, it's, uh, it's, it's, being it's, yeah. pushed throughout the United States. I don't, I don't think we want San Francisco-style uh, policies. Now, I'm a libertarian. So I don't want Republicans or Democrats, but... I mean, I look at Miami, uh, and I look at Florida in terms of uh, growth and people moving there, and I look at California, people leaving. Uh, that you know, the fentanyl issues, the homelessness issues, and I'm kind of thinking, you know, maybe the the lesser of two evils is what's going on in Florida in terms of the economy, in, in terms of economic policy. Now I'm not going to vote for either Republican or Democrat. Well, you, you, my hope is my hope is that DeSantis gets the RNC nomination. Trump runs as a third party. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. runs as a third party against Biden, and all four of those annihilate each other. And maybe somehow a libertarian kind of stinks. Then that would be that'd be my uh, my my dream. Well, you got to get a decent person. You can't just put some schlump up there. I know. Yeah. The the last, you know, uh, Gary Johnson just. You know, he he was a social. In terms of social social policies, he was a Democrat. In terms of uh, fiscal policies, he was a Republican, and that's not a libertarian. And I think that's why he never really got anywhere. And the last nominee, 
um, the professor from South Carolina. I thought she was marginally better than him, uh, but we need a true libertarian who can make the arguments for. And I, I think it has to be the arguments have to be made at the margin, you know, nibble okay. away at it. You can't just say all of a sudden we're going to have. Um, a libertarian candidate can't come in and just say we're going to eliminate government. You can't do that, right? So I think you have to uh, have a pragmatic libertarian who can make libertarian arguments. I don't. I don't see anybody at at any level, and it, which isn't. This is way too disparaging, but because uh, I'm sure there are really smart people that, if, if given the chance, could actually. We had one of the ladies on the show here who was running for uh, representative, and I. Maybe I'm overly impressed, but I was really very impressed that if I ever got in a spot, she's somebody that could actually... Because I talked to her a lot about what was going on in the poverty in the South Side and so forth. We had uh, my, my psychologist buddy, Dr. Dr. Johnson, Dr. Blade, and talking about how how quickly you, you degrade in terms of your abilities to work when you don't, you're living on the street, and if you get drugs, get involved, how it's the rehab... I mean, it, if, you, if you see a, uh, an encampment of... Encampment, I don't know what term I should use, but a tent city of 300 people, you really can't expect maybe more than 25 or 30 to go out tomorrow and work an eight-hour day. It's no, gonna, you it's, can't. It's going to take, yeah. it's gonna take a while. Uh, Remember the terminal when uh, Tom Hanks' character from Caucasia was uh, homeless because of the coup in his home country? He, was, he uh, gave one of the shops in the terminal a payphone number. And he applied for a job, and he waited all day long next to that payphone, and he had to go to the bathroom. He waited all day long for that phone call, and the guy is calling him and looking right at him. <laughs> God. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, but I, I think the first thing you it's, would it's have hard. to do. It's hard, yeah. Well, the first thing you would have to do is have to, uh, I mean, I, again, you do this for your, your portfolio, or you do this for your cleaning your basement. Everything you do, it's one thing I, I learned at uh, – at, at Pullman, when you started out with nothing but an idea, and two years later, a year and a half later, you spit out a gorgeous railroad car. You know, there's there's a process. <laughs> you know, what yeah. you have to do, one thing, one, something has to go first, something has to go second, something has to go third. And I and honestly... How, but, how, how, many, how many months would it take to produce that uh, railroad car? Just curious. A uh, year and a half for the first one? Depending yeah, see, on, that, that's, the, that's the problem with uh, textbook <clears throat> economics. <clears throat> But the upper sloping supply curve ignores the time component, well, and that's where a lot of the analysis gets, goes wrong. Well, let me let me let me say this. I mean, it, uh, the answer to any other question is really it depends. I mean, right now, if somebody gave me a railroad contract in Chicago, and by the time I found a place, by the time we did the engineering and we try and hook it together with some maybe some trucks that are already in existence and so forth. But if all of a sudden we had two or three contracts going and somebody were to say, I need this for another city, uh, it, you know, it, it can be take some part of this car, some part of that. In other words, if you're, if you're doing push-pull cars already, you probably can use the same cab configuration for the new car. And if, yeah. you, if, you, if you can catch those people while they're doing a run for the old car, you're not going to be a year and a half then. I'm talking about a total design-build type of a thing. But even then, you're... But now, you know, all that stuff from Pullman's gone, so I don't even know where the old engineering is. I mean, we're, I, mean, I hope I wouldn't have to de- de- describe a new uh, trap door. I mean, you know what a trap door is? Uh, no, huh? Well, if you want a, if you want a, a train 
a, a railroad car that can both unload people on a platform or if there is no platform right onto the ground you have the steps to the ground right okay but then there's this big metal thing that's counterweight it's all it's all corrugated it comes up to the side so when you go into a platform the the the, the uh conductor takes that and puts that down so you can walk out on oh, the yeah. platform but i mean yeah the tracks tracks cars have that in yeah. to utah but yeah. i'm saying you know but you, but to to design one from scratch Pullman probably had 30 of them in the engineering room, right? I mean, you just yeah. got one that fit. So, I mean, it, 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 it makes a difference. But, but a year and a half, by the time you order a metal, by the time you order, I mean, it's got to be, if you're going to order a set of trucks that are any, anything different, uh, that's got to be a year and a half. I mean, you've yeah. got to do all that stuff. I mean, it, railroading is, is, even the wheels are really, I mean, there's a, there's a huge engineering to the wheels. I mean, if you ever ask yeah. yourself, how is it that a train can go around a curve, without falling off, right? Because you can't... If you, if your car went around a curve and you didn't have a differential, one side would be hopping, right? Oh, yeah. Just like in a... Yeah. In a, in a car that has a positive traction. Yeah. See, but I'm saying... Yeah, that's, that was the defense in uh, my cousin Vinny. Yeah. Remember that? It has positive yeah. traction. <laughs> God, was she hot. Oh, God. Melissa told me... <laughs> Yeah, with the part where her clock was ticking and she's she's pounding on the floor. Well, I think a lot of I think a lot of men were like George Costanza that they had a crush on her. Oh God, yeah. How could you not? I mean, she, talk about energy. Good Lord. I mean, uh, plus she's she talked car talk. I mean, what guy doesn't like that? Oh no, yeah. You know, nothing better than the best fun I ever get is when I get a new set of tires on my car. I love it when my tires are new. But oh, there used to be a place on the south side that a big poster that had a car wash. It was. Happiness is a clean car. They put, they put the poster out there. You look at it and you go, yeah, he might be right. You want to get the thing clean, right? Well, you know, when you have an older car and your car is clean, it does feel like it runs better to me. Well, when well, it's some, nice, I, shiny, and you some wash people, it and it's vacuumed out. Some people, Audrey's uncle, uh, he's been dead a while, but what a character. But he was, a, talk about a guy that would just, you talk about the American American dream. Talk, this dude... He worked at uh, Hollingshead Oldsmobile for a long time. He was a salesman. He ran the mechanic stuff, knew everything about the business. So old man Hollingshead dies, right? So he, he buys the thing from the widow, and the widow financed him, like a million and a half bucks. This is years ago, Year, years and years ago, where a million and a half bucks was like a real lot of dough. He paid her off in nine months. Hmm. And, wow. And he, and he uh, was one of these guys that he never... Now, for most those that don't know the industry, or at least the history of it, GMAC, most of the money they made was not in giving. People used to get loans from the bank mostly in those days. GMAC made almost all their money by by the the uh, the juice the dealers would pay for the cars on the lot. So GM would encourage you if you had an Oldsmobile dealer to buy fifty cars for the lot. So for people to come in and you know see a car, but you were paying juice if you didn't sell it to GMAC. Well. Audrey's uncle never took a dime from GMAC. If he if he bought a car from Jim, he bought the car cash. So they always were threatening to take away his dealership because because he didn't pay any juice. Yet if a dealership was going under, they'd ask him if they could pay him as a good consultant to go out and help the guy save his dealership. <laughs> is the world a cra- the same? Is the world a cra- the yeah, crazy place or what? Yeah, that was the same thing that was going on at Sears when I yeah. worked at Sears selling automotive uh, services and tires. I, you know, I was a worse salesperson. You know, you come in for a flat fix, I sell you a flat fix. You go into a guy named Tobin, you go in for a flat fix, you walk, you drive out with new brakes, new rims, new tires, an alignment, 
and you put it on your twenty one percent Sears credit card. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, but you know, but a lot of people need it. Why? Why would you sell somebody a new a new set of tires if they didn't have an alignment? You're just going to wreck them. Yeah, or you know, a brake job and new shocks and new rims. <laughs> God, well, guy drives out of there with five thousand dollar debt. <laughs> well, you know, we got to need a little upgrade of the, of the jalopy. Yeah. So, what are you well, making? Is, we have this number and a number in uh, two minutes here. Three minutes. We're probably going to go to break a hair early. We'll come back. We can go through it. What, what are you? What are you seeing? Well, I, I think the uh, the number's going to soften, probably around four. Um, but I don't. I don't. I think. I think the Fed. Um, if you want to talk about it, I don't think the Fed has been very restricted of all. No, and I think no. it's actually holding interest rates down. If you look like, if you look at the growth of reserves in the M zero, the money base, the monetary base. Yeah. If you look at the reserves there; it's back on its upward trend. What it has to yeah. do is it has to buy all these bonds from the banks to purchase them at auction from Treasury. It has to buy all these bonds to keep the federal funds rate at interest on reserves, which yeah, is, still, a, which is a, a price floor. What do you so make it's actually of, holding rates down where they would would have been otherwise. What do you what do you think of Dan's comment, Dan Janitas, that they're the the population has become accustomed, resigned uh, to the new price level and the new the new life they have to live, and basically hasn't revolted. So the Fed's okay with it. I, I think maybe young people might be okay with it, but I think people who are uh, their parents and the older generations are probably pretty ticked off, and I I think there's going to be what ticked off to do anything about it? Ticked off, ticked off to do anything about it. I think they're ticked off enough to maybe vote out the establishment in the next election. But, who, but, but you put, how do you vote out one side of the aisle establishment and replace them with the other I side of the just, aisle establishment? They're all they're all and, the same. And I, I, maybe maybe they're even cynical about that too, and maybe they just will choose not to vote. I don't know. I think people who are older who saw things the way they were before COVID. You know, you got young people um, who are in their twenties, early twenties. Who really only know COVID life, right? Yeah. COVID and post-COVID, so they don't really remember. They they weren't working prior to COVID. Well, they also and, you know they're choosing no, not to buy cars. They're well, they also the the weird part is that you can brainwash people and everything. People are are convinced that you shouldn't give them any money for using their money. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't get that at all. But there's yeah. Well, what do you mean? I don't get anything from the bank. That's, that's well, the way I it just, is. Well, I just, t- I just tweeted some stuff that I think is pretty interesting re- regarding the M0 uh, real personal income. Isn't M0 the money that's back at the Fed at night? Yeah, well, M0 is the monetary base. Um, reserves plus uh, cur- total reserves plus currency, coin, and Federal Reserve. Notes. I thought that so was M- currency plus reserves. I, I, don't, yeah, I don't know the definitions because now M1 is the same as M2. But M zero, yeah. according to my guys at the Fed, they they consider M zero the money that the bank kicks back to the Fed at night. Uh-huh. well, that's, that's I mean, their I mean, that's, of M0. Part, that's probably part of the re- total reserves, right? Um, you know, I, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what to think of that. Actually, it's I yeah. guess it's part of the money supply, but it's out of circulation. That's why yeah. we didn't get the inflation as fast as we did because they put so much money in the in the economy that the economy couldn't even absorb it for a while. Yeah. Well, if you look at if you look at real personal disposable income, it dropped, and it's it's probably still on its drop. Well, that, it's and the that, dro- that, biggest well, drop in history. But that's that's real using their numbers. If you use the real inflation yeah. number, it'd be even worse. SP futures yeah. up up eight, and as futures up fifty seven. We'll be right back with these numbers. 
This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Lord Monk Bay, Stocks and Jacks, I'm Tom Allen, we're on the board. SP Futures up 11, NASDAQ Futures up 90. Uh, the other numbers are coming in, a little bit of a delay on this other stuff, so I'll get those in a minute. Uh, but we have the inflation number, came in at 0.1 on the month. And we're going to ask Hal, uh, how come the, the number came in at 0.3, but the, the adjustment is 0.1, so they got 4% year over year. Both of these are right on the expected line. Uh, I'm going to say BS to all of them, but that, that would just be me. Uh, but let's go over to Europe uh, right away. We, now, these guys are a little bit delayed, but I think they're still not, okay. Not much going on. DAX up 23.1%. Puts you down 4, call that flat. Kick around up 2, call that flat. Uh, Asia, Nikkei up 584, 1.8, 33,000. They're, they're pushing uh, towards all-time highs. Uh, with 500 a day, they'll get there pretty soon. 
Hang Seng up 117.6%, but still under 20,000, 19,521. Shanghai up four, let's call that one flat. Uh, we've got uh, bonds uh, down six basis points, 3.67, 3.69, sorry. Bund down two basis points, 2.36. Japan unchanged, 0.42. We've got oil, which is uh, trying to make a little bit of a comeback here, up a buck 59, but still under 70, 68.71. Uh, Brent up 179, 73.63. Natural gas up eight cents, 235. Our bottom five cents. That's a big move in our bottom. Uh, that's almost two and a half percent, 2.54 percent. We've got gold up 390, 17.73. Silver up 17 cents, 24.23. Copper up nine cents, 384. We've got Bitcoin up almost 500 now, 473 to 26,283. And the U.S. dollar on these numbers is sinking. We've got the euro is over 108 now. It's a big move, 0.5 percent. And the, the British pound is up uh, almost 7.7%, almost at 126. So the dollar's sinking on these numbers. Maybe what do you have for us, Trevi Weather Sports? 35 minutes past the hour. Good morning once again to everyone out there. We're seeing traffic building steadily uh, on the Edens and Kennedy, as you would expect. Uh, that earlier crash on the Eisenhower at Desplaines Avenue is all clear, so that's uh, good news. Uh, traffic building on the Stevenson as well. Uh, as, as the Southside Expressway, there are no accidents down there. The crashes that we have in the area uh, look to be out west. There's a disabled vehicle blocking the right lane on the southbound Tri-State, right at the I-290 Eisenhower, uh, that has uh, the expressway backed up to East St. Charles Road. Uh, so expect stop-and-go traffic on the southbound side of the Tri-State I-294 with that disabled vehicle blocking the right lane. That's uh, our biggest concern right now, uh, besides uh, one other crash on the Reagan Memorial I-88 eastbound at Highland Avenue. This has been there for about an hour. That crash has moved to the exit ramp, um, but uh, still has crews on the scene. Everything else looking okay out there. Weather today, uh, clouds early, and then we'll have some rain later on. We'll continue this stretch of mild temperatures in the city, a high of just 65. Right now it is mostly cloudy and 57 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, sunshine with a high of 95 today. Right now it's clear and 76. In sports, Cubs were off last night. They'll host the first place Pirates tonight at Wrigley. That's a 7.05 first pit, uh, 7.05 uh, p.m. Central Time first pitch. White Sox were off as well. They're out in Los Angeles to take on the Dodgers tonight. That'll get underway at 9.10 Central Time. Diamondbacks played last night. They beat the Phillies 9-8. D-backs are in first place in the NL West. NBA basketball, the Denver Nuggets are your champions, Chief. They beat the Heat 94-89, winning that series four games to one. The first NBA title in the team's 47-year history. Uh, Nikola Jokic was named Finals MVP in that one. And lastly, the uh, Stanley Cup Finals could, uh, could conclude tonight as the Vegas Golden Knights host the Florida Panthers, leading that series three games to one. Puck will drop at 7 p.m. Central Time. Do the uh, Hawks have anybody that starts for the Golden that even plays in the Golden Knights? Uh, probably not. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they have some guys that play. Well, the one, I don't think Mag- was it, the one defenseman's pretty good. I don't good. think they have anyone that starts. Uh, yeah. No. Um, but, uh, well, I mean, when I say starts, it's part of the three-line or the rotation. But we got the next Wayne Gretzky coming, so don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We it's get rid of everybody else. But that's – every time I, – I, I mean, a few times I watch the Hawks play, I hear a, a name – from a former Hawk, and he's on the other team. Right. It's weird. So, Hal, what do you make of these numbers? I, I have to ask you, the, the, the headline number uh, is, the number came in at .1 month over month and less food and energy .4. But somehow, someplace, somebody has an adjustment desk. The, the actual unadjusted number 
from April to May is 0.3, and it got adjusted down to 0.1. Who are these adjusters, and what are they doing? I mean, you go out there and get the numbers. How do you adjust them? Well, I think what they're doing is they're using uh, past seasonal trends to make that adjustment. And some of these adjustments are questionable because if you look at the uh, if you look at expectations, you know, ver- you know, if you look at the actual well, the reported first expectation, there's like 13 or 14 straight months of the uh, number beating expectation. So to me, it makes me question whether or not we're getting the truth here. And the CPI historically, I don't know if there's much truth in it. I, you know, if you remember back in uh, what 2012 it was, uh, conservatives uh, claimed BLS. Uh, uh, did something funny with the unemployment number and it dropped from like 8.3 to 7.9 in October right before the election. And conservatives were claiming that, you know, the BLS was doing this to make Obama look good. And I was saying, well, if it drops, if it drops uh, slowly, that's not really something to celebrate. If it jumps quickly, that's something to celebrate because people are, you know, feeling like, hey, the economy's improving. We're going to jump back in and get a job. And they start looking, and the unemployment rate goes up because the base uh, goes down in that calculation. So a year later, we find out some guy from Philadelphia was stuffing um, a lot of that drop was due to a guy stuffing a bunch of surveys into the basket. To, I think he could go on vacation or something like that. And they attribute it to that guy. So, you know, all this stuff, all these government statistics, I mean, the word statistics means science of the state. That's where that word comes from. Without statistics, the federal government couldn't do what it does. A government couldn't do what it does without statistics. Um, so I'm, I'm naturally skeptical of government statistics. And I used to think that U.S. government statistics were, you know, bad, but they were the least bad probably of all government statistics collected throughout the world. You know, you can imagine what dictators in South Africa, or I mean Africa and, uh, and South America are doing with their statistics, right? I mean, a guy, in, a guy uh, an economist who was saying that the Greek government was artificially altering the statistics to make their deficits look better so they'd get loans from the EU bank. Uh, I think he was going to be uh, arrested and tried for it. We're trying to be more honest with government statistics. So I'm, I'm, I used to think that our government statistics were less bad. But something makes me think that there's a lot of politics in, involved in this, especially when the reported numbers beat expectation for, like, consecutive months, right? And well, then before the, that, the question is, I mean, it's I always, all over the place, I, you, up and down. But if I was... If I was Richard J. Daly, I would say to you, who are all these expectators? Yeah, but I think before this trend upward, you know, this continued trend of beating expectations, before that, uh, sometimes they were below and sometimes they were above what was reported. And so it was kind of like a, it was like a white noise, a random error, right? All of a sudden, the uh, experts have it completely wrong. And the reported numbers keep beating expectations. So to me, there's a, in statistics, we call it a structural break. There was a structural break about 12, 
15 months ago, where all of a sudden the reported numbers are just blowing out expectations. And to me, that suggests something funny. Let's just say that. I uh, I don't know when sort of the break came. Um, and I'm, you know, I don't want Maddie to throw on the Andy and Mayberry stuff, but uh, back when the, you know the inflation numbers were bad in the '70s and '80s, I I don't really think that uh, we we you know we just come through, just come through. I mean, the people who were older than me, for them, they had just come through a world war, a Korean war. I don't I don't think the government ever got to the point, and I don't know if people were more in charge of it then, or what the deal was. I don't think they ever lied to you and told you how many people died in a battle. I mean, I, I think the, I think you got the right number. I mean, uh, I, mean I, don't, I don't know, maybe there was a feeling we were all in this together, or maybe there was something. I mean, I don't wonder what it was, but uh, the I mean, it's, it's somehow, someplace, there was, I mean, when I did the CPI stuff for the, uh, I mean, you asked me about the railroad cars. When I did this, when you talk about a, a, a contract that's going to take you three years, um, you need you need well in those days you certainly did and I think you probably do now. You need some some sort of price adjustments for inflation, right? Well, there yeah. was, there was never any uh, thought. I mean, the, the 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 published inflation numbers were you know ten eleven percent, and guess what? Most people <laughs> felt they were ten eleven percent. You know, it might have been nine and a half or eleven and a half or something, but uh, there was no. But but right now. I, these, if you were to take some, somewhere, someplace, we're talking about 1980 or 78, somewhere, someplace, I don't know if there's, if the, that's, that there wasn't always money in politics, but somewhere along the line, money, I think, started to control politics to yeah. the point where. Well, you know, if you think about the last, just, you know, COVID, who was more likely to refuse a vaccine shot? Who was more likely to refuse to wear a mask? I would say conservatives and libertarians were likely to refuse that. And and government uh, said, if you don't wear a mask and you don't get the vaccine, you lose your job. So that policy, if you look at the differential treatment uh, on people who make up the federal government and state government uh, be a party, I would argue that post-pandemic, uh, state and federal governments are more progressive than they were in the past. So when you get when you get a pile up, when you when you get this huge increase of rate in the number of progressives to the overall uh, federal workforce, if that increases substantially, and I'd like to do some research on this, if that increases substantially, the pro- the likelihood of groupthink goes way up. And being a contrarian, I mean, public policy is basically uh, said if you're a contrarian, you don't get to work for the federal government. You don't get to work for the state government. Well, you, you, so I think that can contribute to. Well, you're, it, you're, and it, you're and it's not intentional. You're powerless, and, yeah. and, and, and to a large extent, a lot of the, the the population's in debt. Yeah. So there's almost like a <clears throat> de- degrees of individual ownership <laughs> from yeah. you know from the the abhorrent full slavery deal to pieces along the way i mean yeah. if, if you if you it's not really your car if if the title's sitting at the bank right yeah I yeah mean, exactly i mean, I mean if you look if you look at velocity m2 velocity during the financial crisis it 
collapsed. And we've been we've been talking about how inflation has been way unreported probably for 15 years. And if you just look at M2 velocity, dropping below 1.8 during the uh, the Great uh, Recession, the financial crisis, it's down to it, it got as low as like almost 1.1. Yeah, and it's it's just above 1.2 now. So the collapse of money supply is, or the collapse of money velocity, M2 velocity, is really interesting because ten dollars. Circling with a velocity of 2.2 in 1997, financed $22 worth of transactions which, which, that year. But you, you, they are, they're pouring so much stuff in there. Yeah. That you, the velocity almost has to go down. But if you, were to, yeah. if you were to look at, I don't know how you could take pieces of paper together, but if you were to take pieces of paper together uh, and look at the after-the-war different sections of the population and how they pretty much all advanced together the bottom 20 yeah. percent really did just about as good and percentage wise as the top 20 percent and black families yeah. up yeah. until like 1965 1968 black families were catching up in terms yes, of income very much so right they were catching up yes and uh but now since then when you see not even the top 20 percent which is doing way better than the rest of the people it's really the top one percent of the top 20 percent so if you look at the, the numbers today, and, and say you're a conspiracy theorist, which I'm not asking people to be, but if, if you say that, uh, who does this necessarily benefit? Okay, well, if you, if you fake your inflation numbers, which I think we have now for about 20 years, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to just say that. I actually think I could take five or six items that are very important to people and say, here's what they cost in 2000, here's what they cost today. And they're like three times what they were, and yet the CPI would tell you it should be up seventy uh, percent. I mean, we're not even on the same planet. You know, we're talking about yeah. hospitalization, we're talking about uh, you know rent, we're talking about taxation, we're talking about college education, even high school education with the taxes. I mean, it's, we're not even we're not even close to these people's numbers. Yeah. So, so who does it? Well, they're the, they're the ones that generally own the yeah. properties. Yeah. Maybe retired people are living in, and so their rents are going up geometrically. Yeah. Meanwhile, if CPI is underreported, retired people are getting punished. I've, uh, I've probably because their Social Security is not keeping up with it. I probably have heard of five or six major labor contracts being settled in the last two months. Not one of them comes close to matching what I consider to be even half of what the real inflation number is. Yeah, that 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 is class warfare. I mean, I don't know what else you call yeah. it. Yet, yet now. The people at, at telephone, the people that right now I'm going to say, you know, I'll ask, you know, Matty if he's seen it as well. In in some ways, inflation is just starting to get to you on the monopolistic level because you're starting to just see the the stuff that the Commonwealth Edison, People's Gas, North Shore Gas, uh, telephone uh, has have jammed through the system. It took them a while to get through the legislator and all this stuff because there's procedures on this stuff. You're not you're not going to see those prices ever come down. You know, it, it, there's there's a, there's a process to this. I mean, if if Commonwealth Edison sees an opening to raise electric stuff, what would you guess, Matty? Year and a half minimum through through the through the system and being signed off by the legislature, maybe two years. Yeah. So you're just you're just starting to see that. So, it, but every time I see, I mean, who, I mean, who benefits by a fake CPI number? 
that allows the Fed to keep pouring more money in and keep buying up, you know, the stuff, uh, the government paper that nobody else can buy. Well, it's the people that are on the government dole. It's the people that are getting government contracts, right? Those, or and the people that have pricing power in a concentrated industry. Everybody else loses. Yet, the everybody else has not figured out what they can do about it. And, and voting for Biden or Trump is clearly not the differential answer, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, we, we have to have a change. Because, I mean, if you look at just velocity, velocity suggests that a $10 bill, to get the same kind of purchasing that you did in 1997, you need an $18.40 bill, if you just look at velocity alone. So velocity tells me that something is funny with the CPI number, because all of a sudden it drops. Like we were, I didn't look at this when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, where we were hypothesizing that I think the inflation rate has been underreported for like 15 years. But it looks like that financial crisis, it just collapsed. And that to me is telling me that perhaps inflation is way underreported. Um, I think it's, well, I'm, well, I'm going I'm to dig up here real quick. I'm going to do this for us while we're, while we're on the fly. Uh, Bureau of Labor Inflation Calculator. When was, uh, when was uh, COVID started? Uh, May? Was, uh, March 2020. It was, yeah, it was the day before St. Patrick's Day. It's when I got a really bad flu that lasted nine days, and the doctor told me, well, you didn't have a test, so it can't be COVID. And I'm like, right. really? Yeah. Okay, so we're talking March of 2020, right? And I recovered from it, so it couldn't be COVID. I mean, it was the worst flu of my life. Early March, well, did you go, I've been refereeing 15 games a week. It couldn't be COVID because I didn't get tested for it. And I recovered from it, so it couldn't be COVID. All right, so if you uh, – did you ever go get the antibody test? Uh, uh, my insurance company, when everybody laughed at me when I asked for the antibody test, seriously. I, I called the VA. I called hospitals. Hey, can I get the antibody test? And they said, well, that's not going to tell you anything, so they didn't really want to give it. But I asked for it. I asked for the antibody test. I, mean, I, I got mine from my doctor. It was like a week and a half later. They were blinking away. All right, in March of 2020, um, we have... Was that in March, though? Was that in March 2020, though? No, I'm saying March 2020. I you had an I, antibody I, test? I, no, no, no. I'm talking about the... I'm back to the inflation calculator. I'm multi-thinking yeah. here. Uh, okay. So between March 2020 and today, uh, we have... Uh, they say inflation is up 18% total in that three years and, and, and uh, two months. And I'm going to say it's 35%. I think it's at least double what they're telling well, what's me. Well, what's the M2 money growth from that date? From that date? Uh, I will get you. I don't, you know what, I don't have, I have, uh, let me see what I have here. I've got the, uh, I, can't, I can't give you that one off the top of my head, but I can give you a Federal Reserve um, uh, at balance sheet. March 11th was four trillion three, and now it's uh, eight trillion uh, three. So it's essentially doubled. So the money supply has to have. Uh, I, I, let, me, I, let me let me dig that out. Um, tell us more what's going on in New York. Give me a second. I'll get the M2 numbers. Uh, well, I gotta take the kids on a a uh, another field trip today. I, okay. There's a lot of field trips in the last month. That, year um well but are you what are you a chaperone what are you yeah i'm chaperoning yeah all right so the five-year number on the uh m2 money supply we're talking may of uh 2020 right no march march of 2020 
was uh, 15-4, and it got up to uh, 21-7. So that's roughly 40% higher, which is what you and I were talking about. So I'm going to say that now it's down a little bit. So I think your, your CPI should be up somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 35% to 40%. And if, and if you go through the grocery store, you look at anything processed, you'll see, uh, you know, like the, the, the powdered... Uh, Mashed potatoes were a buck, now they're a buck thirty-five. You see, pasta was a buck ten, now it's a buck fifty. I mean, that's about the number, thirty-five percent. I'm gonna say rents are up about that much. Would you say, Manny? Everything is it's yeah, it could be. Everything's going at thirty to forty numbers. It's exactly like you and I would have predicted, and these guys are telling us it's half that, essentially. I mean, rent is up. Uh, I'm gonna say, let, me, let me dig up the table too. These guys have. Uh, rent last year. Let me let me find rent. Uh, rent last year was uh, whatever we say was up, maybe fifteen percent, and it's now it's now thirty percent of people's take home pay, the highest it's ever been. Uh, rent of shelter they had it up eight percent last year. No, no, and, it, and it's uh, it's eight percent of your of your uh, basket, not thirty, and it was up six percent point point six percent last year. Point six. Um, where, where does that come from? Right? I mean, rent. Uh, Go ahead. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, we're not even on the same planet as, as people as people would have. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you even. Uh, uh, and I think medical services are what seven percent, and and they're and what they're, it's twenty percent of the economy for God's sake. How can it be twenty seven percent? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't trust the numbers, honestly. Well, they're not only, they're not only bad in their, in their, uh, in, in the, in the idea of what, um, you know, the, the number you can say, well, this is up twenty percent, but it, the, the basket part is the part that I think is, uh, um, rent, rent of primary residence is seven point five percent of their basket, and it was up eight point seven percent year over year. Yet I'm going to say that everybody else has had, since the COVID started, they've had to rent rent up what, twenty five thirty percent, and they've got the rent of rent. It's thirty percent of your take home. So how do they? Why do they have it seven point five four? Yeah, I have MT growth up thirty five percent since the start of the pandemic, and it peaked out at. Uh, yeah, that's you're looking at same. Yeah, forty two. Yeah, you're looking at forty three, forty four. Yeah, yeah. So looking at the same peak, thing. Yeah. So the yeah. owner's equivalent rent of primary residence is uh, is eight point one percent of the of the basket, right? Or uh, no, that's twenty four percent of your of your take home pay. Name me anybody that the the entire cost of home ownership is twenty four percent of their pay. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, Nancy, no Nancy yeah. does mortgages all the time, and she'll say that's a that number is a total of you know figment of somebody's imagination. Medical care services. Six point four two percent of your of your basket. Okay, here's here's a good one for the people now. And this one's somewhat contrived because the uh, um, health insurance point point six percent of somebody's basket. Okay, uh, tell me if you're paying for your insurance, and you're making sixty grand a year. No way on earth that insurance is less than two grand a month. How the hell is that? 0.6% of your basket. And they also have the price of health insurance last year, according to these idiots, these people, is down 20%. Name me anyone 
whose health insurance went down 20% last year. What, where, how, does, how do you even publish that number and not embarrass yourself? Yeah, yeah, but, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it just it boggles me. I mean, if you if you think M2 has grown, I mean, M3 has grown 36% uh, since 2020. That is about 12% annually. So I'm not sure how they get come up with these numbers, honestly. They got car and truck rental. Now, that's a very small piece. Car and truck rental is down 12% last year. Ask anybody who travels, and they say the thing that hits you right in the behind is, is if you try and rent a car. Well, it's down from last year, but last year was up big from the previous year and two years previously, right? Air- so, I mean, where would to you, me, Where I mean, would you go on airline fares this year versus yeah. last? What would you, what would you well, estimate? I hate flying. The last time I flew, I flew home from uh, Cleveland, uh, Ohio, and I got stuck in the Atlanta terminal for 24 hours. Oh, yeah, you told us about that. Uh, oh, man, it was, it was, it was I think, horrible. I think flights are up between 35 and 50%. Uh, yeah. Down 13.4. They're not down. There's no way. Uh, but this is what your government's telling you, maybe. I mean... Um, oh, you're saying they're wrong? Yes, I, or, or they're lying. <laughs> They're down thirteen point four. They got it down three percent in the month. For God's sake! I mean, it, wow. it, it could be down three percent in the month. That's possible. But to say it's it's down thirteen percent on the year, it's, it, that's not. Now this is a small piece, but here's 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 my. Now uh, see the the actual number here, Manny, came in at a positive one point three. The adjusted number is minus three. Wow! So, so somebody yeah, somewhere, I don't, I don't, somebody yeah. somewhere is this somebody's job. We sent Thomas out there. To, to, to uh, scrutinize all the airline fares for the month. And he comes back dutifully and he says, Mr. Weber, my boss, they are, they're up 1.3%. And you go, Thomas, you're an idiot. They're down 3%. <laughs> That's essentially what somebody's doing here. Who's the somebody? It, it kind of actually feels like CCP or uh, USSR statistics yeah. sometimes. <laughs> I, I go, I go you, back to... You re- are, are they doing this on purpose to make us question and... and- and turn us into conspiracy theorists? Well, you know, it's funny. Sometimes you have to have a follow-up answer when people, you know, argue with you because people love to argue, which I do too, obviously. But if, if I were to say to, suppose the three of us, the Weber Chief Hal Home Building Company, signed a deal with somebody 15 years ago to build 10 houses a year, and we said, okay, but we'd have to have an inflation adapter on this, We'll, we'll we'll go with the CPI every year. So if the CPI is up five percent, the two hundred thousand dollar house you got to pay us two ten next year, and everybody goes okay. If we had a CPI bumper on our contract, are we in business or out of business? I'm going to say we're so oh. far out of business we're not, even, we're not even close. Yeah, we'd be one of those zombie companies. Yeah. And when the Fed raises interest rates from one to five percent in eight or nine months, we'd be out of business because we wouldn't have the cash flow. Yeah. To, so uh, so Mandy, do you debt. think you think their idea the prices would be up? Uh, 40%, 30% maybe in that 15-year period, what do you think it would be? It's got to be way over double, isn't it? Yeah. It's not even close. You can't, so what do you even use it for? What is uh, Professor Goodhart, what do you say, Manny? When an when a, when a, when a, uh, economic statistic be, becomes a target, it ceases to be a value as a statistic? Yep. Wasn't that it, something like that? Pretty yeah. much. Anyway, thank you very much, Manny. Hal, as usual, great. Market to the moon. Start buying, Hal. Buy. Buy. What can I say? <laughs> With what? Well, <laughs> that's another problem. Borrow it. Borrow I it. Got ca- I got carrots. But, We're growing carrots in the backyard. Yeah, haven't you ever heard margin? Margin. That's how you do it. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow with Stocks and Jacks. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again. 
Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.